0: Design Pickle is a big supporter of everything on seminary. If you haven't heard, they are a flat rate, unlimited use graphic design service helping churches across the nation. We're a proud client of theirs and love how they help us make social media graphics and those downloadable PDF article summaries that we've been sending out. Even if you have a designer, you need to check them out. To learn more, visit designpickle.com forward slash churches. On that same page, you can watch a totally free 30 minute video of me and the founder of Design Pickle talking about modern church marketing, and of course, pickles.
1: Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome
0: to the Unseminary Podcast. My name is Rich Perch, the host around these parts. I am so glad that you've decided to spend some time uh, with us today. We know that you've got a lot going on. We say this all the time. We know you've got a lot going on at your church, uh, but it's true, and we're just honored that you would take some time out today, pop us in your earbuds, and listen into today's conversation. Uh, I'm really honored to have today's guest, Brad Lominick, with us. Brad's a fantastic leader. He's one of those guys that knows everybody, so you can't ever seem to get away from him. He spent 12 years leading the Catalyst movement, which you may be familiar with the Catalyst Conference or Catalyst One Day, really a, a, really a movement of, of emerging leaders. Uh, currently, he's the founder of an organization called Blink. He's a leadership consultant. Speaker, he's an author of a great book that I want to make sure you uh, learn a little bit more about it. Uh, but about it, but Brad, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, Rich. Awesome to be on, man. No, and, I'm, uh, I'm so glad. I'm, you're a, here. I'm a I'm a first time caller, but long time listener. So.
0: <laughs> nice, <laughs> that's great. Well, here we are spinning the stacks of wax. Take, that's right. Take you, a you request from you Brad. Be,
2: if you if you have a second life, if you want to. <laughs> alternate career you could be a radio host <laughs> telling you funny. you got the, you got the voice for it
0: oh nice i got the face for it too so that's a that's a good you, thing so listen, you, you and i both we have hair, we have the hair for it yeah, yeah. absolutely well brad uh, you know why don't why don't you kind of give people the the brad story you know i know that's really hard but kind of compress down what well, you know give us a bit of your background tell us a little bit about um you know who you are
2: yeah uh oklahoma born mm-hmm. grew up outside of tulsa a little town called bristow went to school at University of Oklahoma. So uh, we are the only team this year in the uh, college athletic world that got two teams into the into the final four. Now nice. we didn't do we didn't do much once we got there, but football and basketball we both had amazing uh, teams in the final four. So you know, like hey, we're this little outpost in the middle of in the middle of nowhere, University of Oklahoma that's doing great things. Um, nice. But I I I, uh, I was a history major in college and. Mm. Which is pretty much worthless. Well, yeah, it's, I was going to say you use that every day in your in yes, your. your yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I was just anti everything else, so I just decided <laughs> that I could. You know, I liked history, but um, yes. I I graduated, thought I was going to go to law school, mm. and then went and spent five years on a on a ranch in Colorado, mm. and and that was like this formative years of of uh, work ethic and work theology and and getting you know understanding what the you know the the idea of of what does it mean to actually like be in the middle of an organization and and learn how to lead and mm-hmm. deal with people uh but it was a total like ninety degree turn mm. from what I thought God had sort of planted on my life, which was to be in politics and to you know to sort of uh be in the middle of that of that world of of culture mm-hmm. and um and so. After working on this ranch and riding horses and wearing wranglers and playing playing cowboy truly, like I was a cowboy uh, yes i I ended up w- connecting with a couple of guys who were who had a small consulting firm and went and joined up with them. I knew nothing about consulting, knew nothing right. about management stuff. I was a history major and then worked on a ranch riding horses right there's a and, logical
0: connection there between that yeah and consulting. exactly yeah.
2: <laughs> And one of our clients at the time, this was like, you know, the late 90s, one of our clients was an organization called Enjoy, which mm-hmm. if anybody follows John Maxwell, they know that that was, you know, his original organization. And mm-hmm. so I got involved with with John and just the more I got connected into that world, first as a consultant, then second as a, you know, sort of uh, uh, much more involved Free agent, and then third as a full-time employee, mm-hmm. um, I got connected with Catalyst and with all of the events and simulcasts and leadership stuff John was doing, mm-hmm. and so really my teeth have been cut for the last 16 years, 17 years, on being around the organization that John created. And there's been several manifestations of that, and there's been lots of uh, different you know expressions of it. But um, I feel like my you know my leadership heritage and the things I've learned about leadership have been really swimming in the, in the pool and being in the slipstream of mm-hmm. John Maxwell. And mm-hmm. so obviously Catalyst for me was a huge part of that story. And, uh, the last year and a half, we can talk more about this, but mm-hmm. you know, I stepped out of, out of leading Catalyst and now, mm-hmm. uh, now I'm uh, basically unemployed. That's what I tell people. <laughs> I, I don't really have a job. Um, although I, I did, you know, I have my own little thing and I do a mm-hmm. lot of advising and consulting and, uh, it's great you know atlanta's home uh, mm-hmm. passion city church is is home church so i spend a lot of time and energy and bandwidth and uh, a lot of my sort of emotional and spiritual capital is invested mm-hmm. well a lot of my spiritual capital is invested in the house of passion city church
3: mm-hmm.
2: and so that's a that's you know obviously a really small movement uh, the passion conferences and passion <laughs> you know they're not doing anything <laughs> significant um, so I get, you know, I get to play in lots of different uh, sandboxes. I'm not yeah. married. Uh, right. I'm the most eligible bachelor in all of Christianity. Nice, great. Uh, so check any, out
0: BradLominick.com if you're that's right. You're yeah, interested.
2: I, I feel like I should be the, like the spokesperson for E Harmony. You, know? <laughs> you know, like I'm that guy. You're uh, that guy. Nice. So yeah, but I'm 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 fully uh, as Craig Rochelle would always say at the Catalyst one days like. He actually is is employable. He doesn't live at home with his parents. He right, he's a he's a normal person. Right, uh, you know, it just never happened for me. So yeah, uh, it, it's given me a lot of opportunities to do other things in life. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's that's. That's my uh, Reader's digest version.
0: No, I really appreciate that, Brad. I, you know, I, as someone who's benefited, you know, before I knew you, has benefited from your ministry through Catalyst, I just say thank you for your, you know, years of leadership. You know, just incredibly influential. Um, I'm just, you know, so thankful for this. You get a kick out of this. A couple years ago, oh, this was probably five years ago now, I, I was at Catalyst and um, this guy stops me. I'm just, and I'm just there. I'm just an attendee, right? I got my bag. I'm walking around or whatever, checking out the vendors and and, uh this guy stops me says, Hey wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Can I take your picture? Uh and I said, uh what? No, 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 you just stand there. Just I'll tell you in a minute why. Can I take your picture? And I'm like, OK, sure. And he takes my picture. And then I said, why? Why did you take my picture? He said, well, my wife was asking who's attending Catalyst? What's the kind of person that attends Catalyst? And so I saw you, you know, and you're the guy. You're the person that attends. And I was like, oh, I think that's a compliment. I, you know, which you're the, you're the poster boy. I know. I was like, oh, wow. OK. I, I, I don't know if that's. Really yeah. You, a well, you probably
2: had your cool bag. You, you know, <laughs> you, that was, you know, some that's some, whatever. Yeah, and had a triple bottom line cause tied to it, and you had your, you know, you had your hipster glasses on, and exactly. you know your. Uh, exactly. Exactly. You, I, I like to call what my style rich. You'll appreciate this because you, you and I probably are the same level of style, which is, it's the classic hipster. Yes. That, that's oh, that's sure. what I want to be. I want to be the classic hipster. <laughs> nice. Not, not, I'm not trying too hard, but. Right. but I can you know I can still run with the big boys as it relates to fashion
0: yeah I just can't have the beard that's the problem yeah
2: well yeah that's that's true. <laughs> Me too yeah nice well you know what I thought would kind of interesting you know
0: you've been on the you know on the development side of, of organizing a lot of events um, and you know and, and still really do a bunch of that um, work which is great and you know a lot of people that listen in uh, we're consumers of those those kinds of experiences as someone that leads those type of events what would you say are some best practices of kind of getting the most out of them? You know, we invest a lot of time effort, energy money uh, to go to these kind of things. How do we, you know, extract the most out of them for our ministry and for us personally?
2: Great question. First would be this. Yeah. Go go with, go with your team. Mm. And I don't, I don't say that now um, as a card carrying catalyst person that's trying to get more registrations. I I truly say that as a, as a, as a, you know, somebody who produced and now consumes conferences. Like the best way to experience it is with other people. Mm -hmm. And, uh, your team the the shared experience many times is what you bring back that has the most value and is the most memorable mm-hmm. uh, most people don't remember like who spoke or you know what what thing happened but they do remember the conversations that's very true that are occurring in the in the in the van or you know in the rental car or mm-hmm. uh, on the plane ride back or mm-hmm. at dinner that night so mm-hmm. that one's huge um the second one would be would be figure out like who have have a list going into going into the event or conference or gathering of who do you want to meet, mm. and that could be everybody from I want to meet you know that speaker or I want to meet this person from this, uh, this publisher. church or whatever, or the other church. I want to meet that other executive pastor. I want to meet mm-hmm. that worship leader, and sometimes it's. Um, Sometimes we go into it going, I just want to meet everybody, and then we meet nobody right, because right. because we don't we didn't really have like a set sense of what would what would success look like. So mm-hmm. figure out who you want to meet, mm-hmm. um, and then um, look for opportunities mm-hmm. to, to build community. And what I mean by that is 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 find those ways that you're both adding value to other people, yep, as well as building your own infrastructure, mm-hmm. and you know that could be. Simply walking as you said, you were walking around looking at the booths and yeah. your organizations there, mm-hmm. well, like don't just walk around and look at those like actually have a talk uh, with them. Some, yeah, talk with them mm-hmm. uh, they are so hungry to actually connect with people mm-hmm. um and i've i've 've talked to people who said, yeah, like I talked to that publisher that was at Catalyst mm-hmm. at their booth, and they connected me with an editor, and now all of a sudden I got a book deal
3: right right
2: because right. I was just walking around like right paying attention to Just people talking. who are yeah. who are there. And what things like catalyst, things like Leadership Summit, mm-hmm.
3: um,
2: things like, you know, uh, I- any other event you put in there. Yeah, Orange Conference, the, whatever. Orange Conference. The, the the people who show up are actually leading and trying to get better. Mm-hmm. So you've got this collected uh, really energy of a lot of like really high level people mm-hmm. that you that's the best thing you can take away absolutely it's yeah totally. that sense of how are, how are you how am, how am i adding to you
3: mm-hmm. how
2: you adding to me and mm-hmm. obviously the the sessions are great you know the, the speakers the bands the experience yeah. the program all that but that's yeah. not what that's not what is the most um it's it's that's not the most authentic slash um available to you in the sense of only what you can mm. take away like mm-hmm. you can go buy the dvd sets Right, or watch online. Right, all the content. Right, content is a commodity now. I mean, mm-hmm. um, so the conversations, uh, community connections. Th- those are the things that that you have to lean into and actually mm-hmm. make sure you get out of something like that.
0: Oh, it's so true. You know, I remember years ago, um, I, a mutual friend, Kerry Newhoff. I worked for him for a little bit. I, we went to a conference together, and we had a team of people that we took. And it, I still remember. I can't. It was literally that experience. I can't remember what you know, insert brand name pastor said that morning, but that night I still remember we went out for frozen yogurt and it was just our team around the circle. And, and it was a really tender conversation. And I still like, yeah, like that, that sticks with you, right? Those experiences stick with you. And then the same, I've said to other folks, you know, you sit down at a, at a in, even in a catalyst, you know, you have thousands of people, you're going to end up in a row beside some people you don't know. Like, and you're probably going to be there early because you've got nothing else to do. So say hi to them. Like, hey, tell me about, who, right. you know, who you are. And you'd be amazed the people you run into. And you're like, wow, like, that's incredible. Like, you're just sitting here beside me.
2: Um, yeah. You know, for yeah, sure. I mean, and I think the, the the lesson is, is is if you're going to spend the dollars and the energy mm-hmm. to get there, mm-hmm. then, then put in the energy to actually create your own experience. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you have to like truly like look at this as, I'm going to go make my experience better
3: mm-hmm.
2: than if I was just to sit back and go, okay, I'm here right. now, Catalyst or Orange or Leadership Summit, you you entertain me. Yeah, you know, do you, something to me. Yeah. You connect me. And, and conference people, anybody that puts on events, the greatest pain point that most conference uh, organizers feel is, that I'm not actually connecting people, mm-hmm. like I'm not actually creating community, even though you'll talk about it and it it looks good on a marketing brochure. <laughs> like, mo- most conferences are are awful at creating community because mm-hmm. you're, you're the easiest thing to do as a conference organizer is to produce content.
3: Right,
0: like
2: that that is the thing that is the lowest barrier to entry. So,
3: mm-hmm. you
2: know, it's up to you many times as the as the attendee
3: mm-hmm. to
2: actually like put more energy into creating your own sense of my shared customized experience that I walk away and go wow like I meet I met five people who are going to be friends now mm-hmm, for the next 10 years and I'm going to be able to learn from and, right. and so that's that's crucial yeah when you were you know producing catalyst in the early days it's, it
0: seems like you led the way at least in the Christian market in the you know there was there was obviously the mu- you know you got music you got speakers there was kind of the t- what stuff you would say is typical programming, but then you know I, at least Catalyst was the first place I'd been where there was like games in the lobby and like goofy stuff going on out in front of the you know the arena was that a part of what was driving some of that thinking like we got to get people kind of doing stuff active together was that what was going on there?
2: Yes, y- yes, uh, mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, yeah. Louis. Lou- Louis Giglio would always say, he would say, I know if I'm at catalyst, if there's if there's a a clown walking around on stilts in the front front parking lot, yeah. and there's some kind of animal in the back parking lot. Yeah. it's he true. Said, that's I knew I was a catalyst if that yes. was happening.
0: No, that's very now, true.
2: The reason for that was was a couple of things. One, we wanted to create margin. Okay. And cause because we know as as leaders and as as conference people, we had watched other events. Um when you have margin in the program, mm-hmm. you're able to actually uh, retain more knowledge and content because mm-hmm. you're giving your brain the opportunity to be amused. Mm. Um, and you know, this like a lot of events you go to, it's just like serious, 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 right. serious, serious. The more most content. important topic you've more ever talked yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. At some point, you just go stop. Like I'm done. I yes. can't take anymore. And yeah. so we wanted to create those margin moments because it actually helps you retain. Mm-hmm. Uh, better. Secondly, it's it's just more fun. I mean, yeah. <laughs> right. why 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 are we getting rid of of, of humor, of fun, of mm-hmm. experiences and shared experiences? Um, b- breaking world records, having you know games in the lobby, like creating an environment where people are actually doing something mm-hmm. a, as a row or as a as a room.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, you know, the idea that there's funny. Like we we were always priding ourselves on. Let's let's make sure we have. Elements of humor.
3: Yes, yeah. right.
2: because humor is giving. It, it, it's it's actually creating margin. But here's what it also does, Rich. Which mm-hmm. this is so important to us mm-hmm. was that we were pulling. We were we were taking away any sense at an event like Catalyst that that there was there was somebody in the room who was more important than somebody else. Oh yes, so and, was a great and equalizer. The, the speakers, the mm-hmm. the bands, the people on stage. Like we were intentional. Not about making fun of them. It was not about making fun of them. Mm -hmm. It was showing everybody, every other leader in the room. You know what? Like Andy Stanley is willing to be made fun of. Right. We can make a video of Andy and show like these highlights Mm -hmm. where he's he's. You know, it's not the best of Andy, (laughs) because everybody goes, "Wow!" Like Andy is pretty cool. Like I don't know Andy, but he's down to earth. Like he let those guys like, you know, create a video that makes fun of him. Yes that says something to leaders that says, well, maybe I shouldn't take myself so seriously. Right, exactly. Maybe I'm not that big of a deal.
0: Yeah, you know, it was interesting, even at our church, we've done, we found a a fair amount of power in that kind of, we call it foyer fun moments, where we're trying to find ways. Foyer fun, I like that. Yeah, to kind of move our experiences out into the foyer. And and the thing I the way I've described it for our own team is we want to speed bump as people come and go. That we want to deliberately slow people down. We want to be inefficient. And so you know we've done all kinds of crazy stuff. We did um, this last Christmas we did a whole Star Wars theme thing, which I thought every church in the country was going to do, but but people didn't. Yeah. Um, and so we had like Darth Vader one week in the you know foyers. We had you know Chewbacca. We had you know we spent all this money on costumes and they and it was just a fun moments. Or we did Years ago, we did a series on Jonah called Big Fish, um, and we we bought these the largest catfish we could find, like these big twenty pound, you know, thirty pound catfish, and had a photo booth where we were saying, "Hey, come get your picture taken with these massive catfish." And it's just a fun, you know, and really just, it's, you know, trying to learn off of events like Catalyst and other, you know, experiences like that, trying to slow people down. Hey, like, it's okay. Let's have some fun. Let's, um, you know, hopefully reinforce where we're going today that it's, you know, you don't have to wait until they're sitting down and the and the countdown clock is done. um, to You know, jump into the experience.
2: for sure. I I think for, you know, for leaders listening and watching, are they watching this or are they just listening? Yeah.
0: Some people watch. Yeah.
2: Okay. Uh, (laughs) But I think, you know, the, what you want to always think is if the more serious we have to go mm-hmm. in the sense of the more deep we're going to dive, mm-hmm. um, the the more willing you have to be to let people have time to breathe mm-hmm. and have That's moments, so have moments of margin. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes we think just the opposite, like the more serious it is, the the less we have to create humor. Mm-hmm. And I would say just the opposite, like, mm-hmm. you know, because... People people want to see that you're you, again you're real you're mm-hmm. personal you're mm-hmm. human mm-hmm. you're authentic you're approachable mm-hmm. you're vulnerable like all those things are, are re- that's the pain point that people are looking for or yeah. at least they're, they're experiencing is man if you're gonna tell me something that's really deep and heavy mm-hmm. um, I just want to know that like you care about me and that you 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 know me enough to you know allow me to like have some fun and yeah because yeah. that that's that's the essence of life mm-hmm. like. No, nobody lives a, a boring, mundane, serious so life. Yeah, so. definitely.
0: Now, you know, when I first heard you stepped away from, from Catalyst, I was like, ooh, what's going on? Right. What's uh, the real story? What's the real story? Um, and, you know, I, I you ended up writing a book that kind of talked about the hinge of that called H3 Leadership. But I wonder kind if you give us a bit of your your thinking behind that. I think for a lot of people... Um, and I, and I, so I'm importing now what people may think, but you know, they, they look at a guy like Brad and say, Hey, like top of his game, you know, super influential, you know, thousands of people are coming to your events a year. Um, and in the midst of that, you say, you know what? I think I'm going to tap out. Um, I'm going to go do something else. Um, yep. going to London for
2: six months or something, Right. right, and, right, right you yep. know,
0: it, give us a, what happened in that transition?
2: Well, I tell people that I Barry Sanders it. And I, I like to use Barry Sanders as a verb instead of a, instead of a noun. I just yeah. Barry Sanders it. I mean I, I the the simplest the simple way to say it is I wanted to I wanted to step out of the way mm-hmm. and and get out of the way before people had to tell me to get out of the way. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I think transition and succession and, and legacy and leadership is mm-hmm. is so important. Mm-hmm. And you know, when, when I was around in the early days of Catalyst, this was you know, 2000, 2001, um, Gabe Lyons was, was there. Gabe was leading Catalyst at that time, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. now leads Q and other things, and mm-hmm. Jeff Schinnenbarger and Maxwell, and a- like there was there was a circle of people, and I was I was a consultant in the early days, I, right. and then I got involved. But a lot of us kind of looked at each other who are in our late 20s, mm-hmm. and we, 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 we didn't make a pact, we didn't like, you know, sign a contract, but we kind of looked at each other and said, you know what, like, we're all in our late 20s. If we get to 40, and we're still here and we're still like doing this right. somebody kick us in the shins like yes. somebody punch us in the throat and tell us to move on right, right. and I got to 40 yeah yep. and I looked around and was like okay um, I'm still here <laughs> I'm still here and all the, the all the other guys all the other team mm-hmm. that was on the on the like execution team and on the on the original team had all moved on to other mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. leading great stuff mm-hmm. and I just felt like you know what like I need to I need to do what we said we were going to do, mm-hmm. and I, I need to be that guy that hands this off.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and Catalyst is never, has never, and will never be about one personality. Mm-hmm. Um, if it is about anybody, it's about. Andy Stanley, right? <laughs> uh, you know, and John Maxwell in the early days, but Andy Stanley. Yeah, right. Most people, most people don't even, don't even know who I am, right, um, right? And they don't really care. Like they're not going to not come back to Catalyst because which is of the strength
0: it. of your leadership, the strength of what you built for sure. Sure,
2: yeah. yeah. And that, that's that's what we wanted to try to do was to create mm-hmm. this thing that had that that was that was non-personality, mm-hmm. and nobody cared really who was behind the mm-hmm. curtain mm-hmm. pulling the pulling the strings. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know the the thing for me too, was that there were certain things rich that I was starting to to have opportunities to do mm-hmm. that only I could do in the sense of as the leader of catalyst, like I was being giving being given seats at other tables
3: mm-hmm.
2: and all of a sudden that was it wasn 't attention, but it was like, man, if I can only do this thing over here, then shouldn 't it be good leadership for me and good legacy for me to start handing off the things." Mm. That that someone else can do, mm-hmm. and over time it was like you know what eighty percent 80 percent of my of my catalyst world
3: mm-hmm.
2: of leading catalyst was hand offable right. So why not hand that off? And right. most of us, when we get there, as you said, like you're at the top of your game, man. Like you're you're at the pinnacle of your leadership mm-hmm. sort of uh, moment in life. You're mm-hmm. leading something like catalyst that, that is. Got, I mean, everything was up and to the right. Yeah, right, absolutely. Two years ago, everything was up and to the right. Like all the all the measurables were Mm -hmm. the best they'd ever been. Right, but for me, it was like there's some things only I can do Mm -hmm. that I need to go pursue, Mm -hmm. and then fill this other gap with some with with another person or people Mm -hmm. that can take my place. So I just think that's I think that's healthy. I think it. Um, it says something to the, the one thing I get to talk on the most now mm-hmm. that everybody that everybody goes, hey, come on, Brad, real story, mm-hmm. real. We, we, what happened? Like mm-hmm. you really did make Andy Stanley mad, didn't you? Like <laughs> that was the reason. Like you, you hacked him off. The
0: video really did go too far. You,
2: yeah, the viral <laughs> video got out there, and then that was it. Like you were you were gone. No, it was it was just like I need to move on. I need to yeah. make make room. I need mm-hmm. to let somebody else step up and lead. And mm-hmm. there's other things that I can do
3: yeah
0: in this
2: season, that only I can do I think that's
0: great i you know I hope leaders are leaning in on that I know for me that that's a that 's a personally challenging thing you 're talking about there I first led you know i 've been involved in multi site churches for a long time. The first campus I launched uh, I was twenty seven years old when I launched that. And um, I look now completely embarrassed, a guy early in the 40s, and think, I would never let a campus pastor at and, 27. Right. And, and there's a part of me that's like, gosh, that's terrible, right? And I, we, I have to, and obviously I'm using a bit of hyperbole there, but actively, actually, just even yesterday, was engaged in a conversation in our environment. Our church literally started as a young adult Bible study. So we, and what has happened is over the years, we grew from a dozen people at that young adult Bible study, we're like 3,500 people today. And, but what's happened is we've just continued to get older um, and we have to now, I think a part of our challenge is to say, how do we release to that next generation? How do we hand off um, and not become, you know, 10 years from now, a bunch of guys in their 50s that look around and say, where are all the 20 somethings? Where are exactly. all you know, which so many churches find themselves in. Um, and so, you know, I think so the true. fact that you, you've done that. Um, to me is is super you know you know humbling so that it was is kind of the the at least the emotional you know kind of tenor that that h three was written in um why don 't you give us kind of a sense of what that you know that book 's about um and you know why people should should be reading it
2: <laughs> yeah thank you um well and just just to put a bow on on what we were just talking about yeah I, what i 'm not saying, rich, and for everybody out there who's hearing this going, well wait does this apply to me? I, I'm not saying that that applies to everybody. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean, you know, I've seen lots of leaders who, they're 30, 40 years in to the same season and the same role and the same title, the same position, mm-hmm. and they're crushing it. Um, right. But it does mean this, that every level of your organization, every leader at every level in every organization, church, nonprofit, business, you, part of your role is to be looking at your current assignment, saying, "Man, do I need to like move on and step out of the way?" Because right. it is part of your legacy and part of your stewardship as a leader to replace yourself. Yes, and every, at every level, not just when you're at the top. Like mm-hmm. we think it's only at the top. It, it's at every level you're replacing yourself, including the top. Mm-hmm. And too many times, leaders at the top they they get on the top of the mountain and they start getting fat. Right, <laughs> right, because, right. Because there's nothing else to climb. It's like right. I'm here. I'm at the top of Everest, man. I'm gonna take a smoke break yes and, and all of a sudden you're there for ten or fifteen years and everybody is cli- trying to climb up and they're going you're in the way right and so anyway um, to your question um, you know for for me like the the premise of h3 is that I did get to a place in my leadership where I had to I had to recalibrate a little bit
3: mm, mm-hmm. for the
2: next 20 years thirty years of my journey and say what is it let me let me just redefine and make sure I'm clear on what I would say is my leadership mantra mm-hmm. and h three is is humble, hungry hustle that's the mm-hmm. three h's that's been my leadership mantra since really since I was in my twenties. I didn't know what to call it right uh, you know the, the other people have those three h's those aren't mine mm-hmm. uh, but that just that seemed to be the 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 phrase be humble stay hungry, always hustle that that permeates out of me on a consistent basis, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, you know when the when the young whippersnapper interns would show up at Catalyst over the years, and they're 22 and they want to change the world, and they say, "Hey, Brad, like you know, how do you define your leadership?" That's the way I would define it. Right, is humble, hungry, hustle, and mm-hmm. so within those three, what I've tried to do with this book is both tell my story
3: mm-hmm.
2: of, of transition, and, mm-hmm. and I. I you know, I mean, I, I, I did, as you mentioned, I went to London, I took a sabbatical for mm-hmm. six months before making the decision. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, part of that whole process, which I don't want to get into, but mm-hmm. there was a there was a pretty significant process for me of how do I help, the, how do I step out of leading Catalyst? Because I, I knew it was time, I could mm-hmm. sense that. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, well, how do you actually do that well? Right. And man, like the process of doing that well is, is pretty difficult,
3: mm-hmm.
2: especially when your identity is tied to it. Mm. And, you know, I had to kill. We had to kill Catalyst Brad. Like <laughs> Catalyst Brad had, had to be truly like shot in the head <laughs> for for that to be a healthy transition, right. and for me to still be the greatest fan of Catalyst, and mm-hmm. and I could show up and hang out and eat peanuts in the green room, and you know, and and feel like no sense of bitterness. Like mm-hmm. I'm for the team. I'm mm-hmm. I wanted them to succeed, and a lot of times, you know, you you transition, and then. You're 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 telling everybody, oh, you know, I, I love them, and behind the scenes, you're like, I hope that thing fails. Yeah, I exactly. It, I hope it tanks because yeah. it'll prove that I, you know, I was the man. I was, I was the, the man, man.
0: exactly. Uh,
2: yeah. But the, you know, the that the, the, there's 20 habits in the book. Mm-hmm. Those 20 habits are for me. Um, those are like my playbook for mm-hmm. the next 30 years of my leadership journey, and mm-hmm. just trying to make sure that those are instilled into my world, into my leadership, and mm-hmm. you know, I nice. think that. Thing that's helping people with this book that I that I hear the most response and feedback on is mm-hmm. Brad. Brad, thank you for for talking about the things you you didn't do well, mm-hmm. and thank so you for being vulnerable with your story. Because you know, I read a lot of books, and first of all, I want them to be practical. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if if given to my own uh, my own sort of default of of writing. Mm-hmm. This book would have had like 600 bullet points. Uh, <laughs> right. but the, the publisher was like, uh, Brad, that's probably not going to be a great book, <laughs> but I'm just a practical guy. So yes. I want like, tell me how to do Give me the something. checklist. Yeah. tell me how to do something. So there's a lot of checklists in this mm-hmm. book. And mm-hmm. there's also that sense of, man, thank you for sharing some of the stuff that, that you don't do well because mm-hmm. I don't, I don't learn from people based on successes as mm-hmm. much as I do on them talking about the things they haven't done well.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's it's a great read. I,
0: I read it when it first came out, and it literally was a page turner. You know, I, I you know obviously I think like a lot of lot of re- leaders you know try to be consistently you know being challenged by other you know, other books, and it's a lot of times they read stuff and it's like I'm willing myself through this. But the thing I appreciate about your book, Brad, and I said this to you earlier, I appreciate your humility in it and your vulnerability. I think you're just really open, um, which is, is similar to the the beginning of Andy Stanley's Deep and Wide. I'm like, yep. I've said to people, you you just pick up Andy Stanley's Deep and Wide, read the first third, and if the first third doesn't suck you in for the rest of it, then you've got a cold heart. Um, yeah. And it's similar with your book. I'm like, I was just drawn in by your story, and, and then there's just so much in there that, challenging, you know, for me uh, personally. So I really would encourage people to uh, make sure they pick it up. We'll have a link to it um, in the show notes and we'll email it out to people and all of that. Um, if people want to get in touch with you uh, or learn more about kind of what you're up to, what's the best way for them to do that?
2: Uh, just my, my name uh, yeah. dot com. So Brad Lominick, uh, it's Brad and then L O M E N I C K dot com. Nice and then all the social media outlets. I'm um, I'm at Brad Lominick.
3: No,
0: I
2: don't think anybody else has that name. So fortunately, yeah, I got I got to uh, I got to have my selection and my my choice on first and last name on all the uh, nice. on all the internet outlets of social media ness.
0: Yeah, that's that's great. Well, Brad, I've I've really appreciated you being on the show today. We should let you go. I know you got other stuff to uh, to get to today. Anything else you want to say before we wrap up?
2: No, I would just uh, thanks for what you're doing. Thanks for making these conversations available. And you know, my I think my my encouragement to leaders mm-hmm. is um, first of all, like you know, f- you're the the place you are right now, um, listening to this, watching this. A lot of you are frustrated. A lot of you may feel like you know the dream that you had you haven't gotten to yet. And just be encouraged that you know God measures you on faithfulness, mm-hmm. and um, you know me carrying the mantle of catalyst. With thousands of people um, was a great season, mm-hmm. but man now i 'm carrying the mantle of of tens mm-hmm. in the sense that my influence meter and my impact is, is is more being measured on how am I impacting the ten, the twenty, the thirty people, mm-hmm. the forty people that i 'm getting to spend time with, mm-hmm. and that 's just as important like mm-hmm. i didn 't go from strength to weakness right I right. went from strength to strength you know yes. so so if you got a church of two hundred, man, crush it like mm-hmm do what what you've been called to do with with that crew um so that would just be my encouragement is be faithful god's placed you somewhere on purpose Mm -hmm. Um, you do matter you're making a difference and keep it up
1: Uh, i really appreciate that Uh, brad thanks so much for being on the show today